This episode of the 10A Podcast is sponsored by TOC Public Relations, the only PR, marketing, and strategic communication firm that specializes in working with public safety agencies, associations, and businesses. TOCPR is also the parent company of Law Enforcement Social, which provides social media, PIO, and content creation training for all public safety. Be sure to check them out at TOCPublicRelations.com and LawEnforcement.Social. The views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. This week on the 108 podcast, High Performance with Adam from Police Posts. That's how people get jammed up. There's five things you don't touch. Dope, guns that aren't yours, money, women, women within the agency. Those five things will get you fucked or fired. My tactical frosting coupon. Trying to get cops is not that. I'm not saying it's associated with crime, but it is. They shoot a lot of people there too. They need medics justifiably so. I didn't really see eye to eye with the new major over training. I thought he was a fucking dickhead. The biggest threat to law enforcement is law enforcement itself. Welcome to the 108 podcast episode 236. I'm your host 108. Uh, as you can hear, I'm kind of recovering from a little uh, upper respiratory illness. Not, not the big C. No. And can I say that confidently? Yes, because I never got tested. If you don't get, te- listen, don't go looking for problems that you don't want to find. That's basically what I said. But no, I don't think so. I uh, don't think that's what I had. But just a little nasty cold. Uh, right before going away to vacation. That's right. Today's episode is coming to you from Virginia, the state that brought you uh, most of our first presidents. Yeah, if you look, if you look back. And um, well, I'm recording this while I'm still in Florida, but it's being released while I'm up in Virginia on vacation. So is what it is. Uh, so anyway, I wanted to record this before leaving the house tomorrow morning. Uh, it's Monday, the sixth, D-Day. Um, which I want to talk about in just a second, even though when this airs, it'll be a couple days too late, but I still just want to get this, uh, that part out real quick. Anyway, so I'm, I'm recording this a couple days early. We leave tomorrow morning because I wanted to get this episode out today. My guest is Adam from police post from effective fitness training from effective combatives. Uh, really cool dude. We have a lot in common and uh, I'm sure you're going to be hearing from him in the future on this show, just because, uh, I really appreciated the things he said. So the first thing I want to talk about is D-Day. Listen, I think anybody that went to elementary high school in the early, mid, late 90s probably was taught D-Day, was taught World War II, uh, was taught. I feel like everything after uh, I graduated high school in 08, anything after that point, basically you could throw it in the trash. Uh, You know, I thought my high school was trash growing up, now realizing and seeing what my nieces and nephews have learned here in Florida what I've found other people have learned around the country. Public education is terrible. But anyway, the fact that we don't have, you know, the Google 
uh, logo is not designed in remembrance of D-Day. Um, there's no Instagram sticker. There's no, you know, social media person getting out there and saying, hey, uh, you know, always remember this day because we'd all be speaking German otherwise. Um, to really understand the severity of this day uh, some 70-some years ago, you know, it, it's very sad. And it, it I, I was driving around today getting some stuff ready for the trip, and I was hit with this big sense of nihilism. Uh, basically just a, a very negative feeling like we're all doomed. Um, society is in a really bad way, guys. And, you know, I try to stay optimistic about a lot of things. Maybe it's the sickness that was kind of bringing it down in me a little bit. But, you know, if we're if we're incapable of remembering our history, you know, to the point of like we're getting the history is being canceled, you know, stuff like the Civil War, uh, which... <sighs> I don't understand people's issues with the Civil War. You understand that the good guys won, right? Like, we we all agree with that, right? Um, if you have family in the South or whatever, and have for whatever, whatever. I'm not. I'm not here to say it. I don't know. I don't want to get into this big uh, debate, political, whatever, in cancel culture. I, I just think that. We need to accept the fact that these things happen. Stop tearing down monuments and everything like that. Um, because there was so much... There's so much history in this country that people are just forgetting. And what negative thing can you say about D-Day? Okay, then why aren't we talking about it? Why isn't this... You know, Why don't we have a politician on the, on the news tonight talking about it? Why isn't there a moment of silence um, at a baseball game tonight? about it. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. And we want to talk about gun gun violence. Uh young people with guns are the reason why D-Day was a success, right? So, just just something to think about. And yeah, I'm I'm a little I try not to get too up in arms about the way things are. Um but sometimes it's really hard to to look at the way things are and go, "Oh no, things are things are fine. There's nothing." You, you look at the gas prices, you look at the price of anything and it's just like I saw a post the other day that said, you know, now that I'm finally making some decent money and I would be upper middle class, uh, inflation hit and now I'm, you know, lower class again. Great. And and that, that, that speaks volumes. You know, I paid off all my bills and everything. I'm making a decent chunk of change. And then suddenly inflation comes up and that none of that means anything. I mean, it's nice to be out of that debt, you know, but how soon until I have to go back into it because I can't afford to live. Anyway, before I get too off on the tangent, this isn't really what I wanted to talk about, but that's what you got. Uh, let's check out my buddy Adam from Police Post, and uh, maybe maybe we'll talk about something else after the episode. So here we go. Check it out. Adam, Police Post, on the 10-8 Podcast. Here we go. Show you that I'm winning. 
responding to it was a search and rescue call, you know, out in Charleston. We have a lot of water. Summertime, it's hot. People drink, dope, whatever. And we ended up finding them, locating them, bringing them back to the boat landing. Shops in my car, of course. We have to take her to this guy's house, I guess her boyfriend, and uh, to retrieve her belongings to then take her to uh, uh, her house or her a safer location. Uh, the entire time from basically I had her in my vehicle to uh, the boyfriend's house, I actually didn't have to take her to her house, thank God, but to the boyfriend's house, she was hitting on me the entire fucking time, and it was the most awkward, like... I felt super uncomfortable. I was like, just get out of my fucking car. Mm-hmm. Like, just I'm just I'm here just to do my job. Um, she like gave me her car. She was like a real estate person. Mm-hmm. She's like, here you should. He's like, hey, you know, you should call me sometime. You're looking to buy a house. I'm like, no, I'm not looking to buy shit. <laughs> not from you. <laughs> I'm looking for you to get the fuck out of my car. Yeah, yeah. And I and I was pretty new, man. I was I would say it's probably a couple months um, after getting cut loose. And I was like, yeah, that was that was that was kind of a point in time. I was like, okay, like. This could have went bad. You know, she could have made a complaint, kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no, like, in-car recording. I was going to say, that was probably before body cameras, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So there was no, like, in-car recording. I mean, you know, obviously with dispatch, like, I logged my miles and I did all that mm-hmm. stuff to show, like, distance and time and all that stuff. And, and I mean, sometimes they could even tell us. There's other channels, like, you could even just key up your radio if it's, like, a conversation you want recorded or whatever, like, oh, okay. just, to, just to kind of CYA, you know? Yeah. Um, you could. But I, I, I just, as soon as I got there, man, like the guys from County were just like busting my balls. Like, cause like he, she had no shame, right? She was, she was drunk high, whatever. And she had no shame. She's like, Hey, well he's coming back with me. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, we need a female escort here. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we get a, get a female deputy, please, uh, in route for this, uh, transport. Take, yeah. Take custody uh, of this chick. Cause... Yeah, please. Cause I'm, I'm going, uh, back to the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think feel like we always make the joke about, you know, Oh, the hot chick on the call or like, if there's a car crash and there's a hot chick or whatever. And to a point, I mean, you know, the, the guys look, but don't touch, but you can get, so even just looking right, you can still get jammed up for it. Um, but I feel like be first off being tempted by females or the, or the opposite gender. If, if women are listening, cause I, I, you know, we interact with a lot more guys than we do females. I think a lot of times, um, right. You know, it's it's all fine and dandy when you're making the jokes, but in the actuality of it, that's how people get jammed up. I mean, that's I mean, you know, the opposite gender is one of the biggest ways to get to IA. One reason or another. Oh, oh, oh uh, absolutely. My uh my old captain told me whenever I before I even actually he's my first sergeant, before I even like went to the police academy, he he actually took me out to lunch and was like, you know, just trying to get to know me. And he basically was like there's five things you don't touch and I'm probably going to fuck them all up, but it was all like dope guns that aren't yours, uh, money, women, and then women within the agency. Yeah. Oh, that that's what he is, said. He goes, yeah. he goes, those, those five things will get you fucked or fired or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And so that was, that, that was something I took to heart. He was a super educated guy. He's a, and he's a captain now, so he uh, he's a phenomenal law enforcement officer as well. So it was uh, that was a quick lesson learned, real quick. And then, of course, as soon as like as soon as you hit the road, those th- those five things are everywhere, right? Oh, so, yeah. And so those are things that people get in trouble. I mean, you get fired all the time for fucking their patrol car and 
all kinds of shit. Oh yeah, dude. I feel but, like you know the integrity. People joke that IA is gonna do integrity checks on you. Like, no, the job does integrity checks on you. IA doesn't have to do 100%. shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like your first like nice car stop where you arrest somebody, you're gonna have all the guns, all the drugs, all the money. And really, there's very easy ways to like make it so nobody sees that and you know things go come up missing or whatever. Like yeah. if you're if you want to be dirty, it's so easy to be dirty. But nowadays there's so many checks and balances that you're going to get caught. It's not even worth it. Right. And just the temptations always there. We had a Sergeant, well, we had many officers, but we definitely had a Sergeant who, um, did exactly like you said, uh, you know, was involved in a domestic, well, not involved, but investigating a domestic with a female. Uh, she came on to him and he took the bait and, you know, the, the baby daddy ended up getting back involved and was like, Oh, you know, he, because the, the baby daddy ended up getting arrested in this case and was like, oh, he did preferential treatment because she's, he's banging my my you know wife or whatever it was. And it was a major shit storm for him. And it's just I think I think he got fired over it. It's just not worth it. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, zero, dude. It's and not, it's I mean, even like like where I worked, we had a, and I'm sure probably in your area, we have um lots of like special events, you know, like parties oh, or yeah. like block parties, whatever. So people are always drinking. They're always out there having a good time, but you have to stand post and, you know, whatever, wait for the bar fights. But then there's always that group of drunk females that come by, you know, it, like the bachelorette party or whatever. And they're going to come up. They want pictures. They want, you know, they're going to get nice and cozy. And that's to me, one of the most awkward situations is having to tend to one of those things. It's like, all right, you don't want to be a stiff, but at the same time, you can't like drop your guard because otherwise you're going to get jammed up. Yeah. Oh dude, you gotta be, I mean, you should do more community policing. I've heard, you know, I've heard that you guys have free t-shirts, like mm-hmm. all, all this. Can I get some stickers? I'm like, Oh, could you just, uh, yeah. I'm like, no, cause I, I carried stickers when I, you know, when I was on the road, or whatever, sure, but they yeah. were for kids, you know, they're, they're not for 20 something. I'll tell you, I'll tell you another story that I had uh real quick. That was, that could maybe help some cops here. I had um, some agency, we had uh, this thing with Wendy's and mm. we gave out like these, we had like these frosty coupons, okay. right? For like free frosties for kids. Well, uh, I was talking to a city unit and then County pulled a stop in a, in a, in a pretty high crime area, like a fucking dumbass. Pulls car over for speeding. And of course he starts searching the car cause he smells dope, all this stuff. We get there and of course the crowd starts to form and we are trying to, kind of be crowd control for a little bit. And I grew up, I was born and raised in the area that I worked. So I, I, I knew a lot of the people it was right next to the high school I went mm, to actually. Okay, so yeah. yeah, super safe high school. Um, <laughs> but basically, uh, yeah, man. So it, it was weird. All of a sudden I was like, you know what? Let me just try this. Let me just try this. Pulled out a stack of like free frosty coupons, bro. Nobody gave a fuck about the car being searched. Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't think of that. They were like, I was like, who wants a free frosty? <laughs> oh yeah tension averted sure. like and it was just like and I, so that's why i called it my tactical frosty coupon mm-hmm. so anywhere i went dude i had him in my bottom pocket <laughs> i had like plenty of them and it was like you want a free frosty who the fuck doesn't want a free frosty right of like course, yeah dude money so that's a that's a fucking that's a that's a nice there. little thing to keep in your back yeah. pocket literally mm-hmm. um because you never know we used to get um 7-eleven slurpee coupons for the same thing give them out to kids or whatever Bro. Yeah. Just had um, tactical in front of it and it works. Tactical, tactical slurpees here. Um, yeah, man, it's just, I don't know. I've, so one last thing on the, on the women 
being shysty. I was working at a country music sure. festival first time and only time I worked this festival. And, um, you know, it was a whole group of us. Like it, it really was a pretty chill atmosphere. Um, you know, everyone's liquored up, which is fine. And people wanted to take pictures, you know, very pro law enforcement crowd, uh, much different than like the, uh, Dr. Dre crowd that was there a week later. But anyway, so they, sh- this lady comes up, she wants pictures and everything. So she's taking pictures and then she's like, you guys should like lift me up. And me being the dumb, dumb rookie, I turned to like the senior officers. And I'm like, really? And he's like, no, we're not lifting her up. <laughs> so that's, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. Cause again, like when you're not really thinking about it and you're thinking of like an innocent mind, it's like, there's no big deal with it. And then you're like, well, how quickly can this get twisted into something right? unethical or stupid? And very quick. Yeah. Super quick. Especially quick. like say her boyfriend or whatever saw it and he wasn't so happy with it. Oh, suddenly the the department is getting complained on for, you know, whatever. It's just not worth it at all. Agreed. So anyway, everybody joining me today on the show, we have Adam and he is from the police post Instagram page, effective training, all this cool stuff. Uh, He's been on the game for a long time. So I'm going to let him go ahead and introduce himself. Tell us what he's about. And then we're just going to spin into it from there. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, Started law enforcement in 2013 and got out in uh, the middle of 2020 and to run effective fitness training and now effective fitness combatives uh, full-time, full-time job. Um, and that's, that's really it. Um, I don't have some crazy like war story in my seven years. Uh, I did patrol for, for five of those years. And then my last two were, I was a training sergeant. Um, and that was kind of where I realized there needs to be a shift in some of the training. And I figured, well, I have this pretty big platform uh, on Instagram and I might can try to do something with it. And so I basically developed a business plan out of a, uh, out of a failed proposal that I wrote for my agency, uh, trying to get cops uh, basically not fat um, and started a company. And here, uh, here I am. Very nice. And how, um, what area you're in the, like the Charleston area you said? Yep. Yep. Charleston, okay. South Carolina. Okay. Very cool. Um, so what made you start as like a rookie cop or what, what was that transition from being a rookie to, you know, effective training starting and you going into training and whatever, how, what was that transition? Like, how did you get there? Yeah. So in a nutshell, um, in my five years on patrol, I obviously worked, uh, I worked Charleston, Charleston County area. So pretty, if you know anything about South Carolina, it's pretty high call volume, a lot of pretty big population, um, a lot of mix, right? You have, uh, super luxurious homes, uh, you know, people like, uh, Darius Rucker from here, Oprah Winfrey has a house here, Bill Murray lives here. Mm. Um, so there's a couple, you know, you, you have some super high stuff. Then you also have kind of like that lower income area, um, which is, which is, you know, again, not saying it's associated with crime, but it is. Yeah. Um, and so basically, uh, you know, we, we did a wide variety of city work and then also like kind of more of the rural work. Uh, and also we have the third largest port in, uh, in the Southeast. So mm-hmm. that also kept us busy as well. I did some Marine work for a while, which is super cool. Uh, and in my five years, I got to do a lot. Um, I worked, I basically worked every day for five years. Uh, I took really no days off. Uh, and then, transitioning into uh 
training. Uh, that's why I got promoted super early, not because I was like some fucking stud. It was because nobody else wanted the fucking job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put in for it. And I was like, well, I think I could make a, make a difference. And I hit all the minimum requirements. Like I had five years on. Um, you know, I had, I had attended a bunch of training, you know, on my own. Like I did all my own medical training. I've been to all these tactical schools. Um, you know, I was training jujitsu. So there was like a lot of things I was doing on my own that the agency wasn't providing. And so that helped my resume. Once I got it, obviously I wanted to start implementing new things. Like I implemented a TAC med program, uh, in my agency in 2019 or the end of 2018, 2019. Uh, which was crazy. We didn't have tourniquets until about 2019, mm-hmm. um, which is insane. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah. And then kind of from there on started, I was in charge of training new hires, new recruits, also keeping up with things like in-service um, and additional qualifications for older officers. But also I was able to uh, get out and really train with other agencies. Like my agency sent me to Tulsa. I got to train with Tulsa SWAT for a week mm-hmm. and they're, they're, uh, SWAT team and SWAT medics, which are super squared away in Tulsa. They, they shoot a lot of people there too. So they need medics justifiably. So You're right. uh, for the most part, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, man. So then, then kind of from there on um, again, I, I had this idea and I was kind of tasked with like building a fitness program because I was, cause I, cause I basically worked out. So they assumed I knew what I was doing. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but I have a lot of friends uh, in the fitness world. One of my best friends is a physical therapist. So I was able to reach out to him and his world. Um, I basically wrote this whole proposal. Uh, it was very long and went to go present it and they didn't even look at it, uh, which is kind of frustrating because mm-hmm. it took me about a year and a half to make because um, I wanted to collect all this data, like workers' comp claims, injuries sustained, all this research on performance, law enforcement, load carriage, all this, all this, all this fancy stuff and be like, Hey, this is, this will work. It's very low cost. And they just didn't, it was just, wasn't a priority. And that's kind of when I realized we had an admin change too. And I didn't really see eye to eye with, uh, with a new major over training and thought he was a fucking dickhead to put it. Kindly. So I was like, yeah. 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 Oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like him at all. Um, and it was, it was super obvious. And then like the day before, uh, Christmas Eve, um, basically put in my, I guess you could say I put in my six months, uh, cause I had to, I had still had to like kind of transition out, but, mm-hmm. um, I made it official. I told my captain, Lieutenant, I called them and they were super supportive guys. They're, I still talk to them today. Both of those guys are jam up supervisors, uh, decent cops, uh, but really supportive. Uh, mm-hmm. and so that's when I kind of started, I, uh, had my first kid and then I was like, all right, well, I got to make this work or I'm going to be working at Costco or getting back into law enforcement. Right. So, yeah. Um, and so here we are. And now effective fitness was born, uh, 2019 ish, 2018. Okay. So yeah, man. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've always said, you know, well, first off, when you work patrol and you work enough patrol, you really get to see everything and, and not, not just from a law enforcement point of view, but you get to see, the different walks of life that come through the doors of the police department on the inside, you know, the workers of it. And you see all the different shapes and sizes, and that's a big deal. And what's been there for a long time and what's accepted or, or not, not mitigated. I know I had a field training officer, a super squared away guy, Marine or ex Marine SWAT guy and great guy. You know, he was as squared away as they come. 
he he had to he was out for one day so i had to go to a different guy who was a certified training officer he was the exact opposite he was um i i i don't know if i could guess and this is no nice guy no no disrespect to him as a person but if i had to guess he was approximately five nine three hundred pounds bowling ball <laughs> yes complete opposite and we had we had uh chevy impalas right and for him to get out of a chevy impala took about a minute he had to like move his body grab the thing pull himself out and very knowledgeable right very knowledgeable about laws and stuff like that but at the same time i was looking at this man going if i'm getting my shit rocked if i have a guy on top of me that is kicking my ass and i am dying you ain't coming to save me dude you're just not no. by the time you get there it's over and that's when i realized and and i had i had known beforehand but you know you you kind of complacency kills you know cops get complacent and i and i was like no i need to make sure that i'm on top of my game when i'm working the streets like that is there's no question and something I had put up on, on Instagram not too long ago was about the need for some kind of fitness stand, standard, right? We get hired with a fitness standard. And as far as I know, not many departments keep up with that as you continue your career. And it's like, we need that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's absolutely necessary, man. You know, your, your story uh, isn't, isn't anything new that I haven't seen or, or, Every, anybody else in the profession has seen if if you're been a cop you've seen fat cops like there is no what, what that, i mean that's that's almost like the stereotypical cop is a fat cop right and that's it's it's i mean it's upwards of like i can't remember the stat exactly but it's like 60 if not 70 percent of cops are overweight mm -hmm. now about 40 percent are obese almost half of a, a profession that literally is a physically uh demanding profession is right right is obese uh and that's and that's very scary and what's even more scary is the justification of that and the ability uh for people to manipulate other people's feelings and laws and words and strategize a way to uh to kind of not make it be a priority um which is which blows my mind because it's it's not only affecting like the now it's also affecting you in 20 years it's going to affect you in 10 years it could affect you fucking tomorrow yeah right absolutely. like you could be on that call and your fitness is in demand and then you you can't perform because you don't perform yeah um uh, and then and then what and then you have to and then you have to live with that and that's really you know why we started why I started effective fitness is because I found I saw, I saw a hole I saw a hole in the profession that wasn't being filled. Of course, fitness is not new. There are mm -hmm. people out there that are super qualified to be speaking on fitness, and there's a lot of mentors I look up to, uh, and uh, you know, in that in that area. But but yeah, man, exactly. Like you can't you can't be a cop and be mm -hmm. unfit. I no. mean, I used to. It, what's what's so crazy? I would get made fun of for working out. Oh, I would yeah, get made yeah. fun of for having a gallon of water in my floorboard. I would get I would get made fun of for getting a whole chicken from the, from the grocery store, as opposed to getting a fucking, you know, chicken wings and some fries and, mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. a you know, a drink like a, a, you know, a fucking sugary drink or whatever. Like that wasn't me. And it's, it's not that I would make, I wouldn't make fun of those dudes that would do it, but they'd make fun of me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you would want me to come drag your ass to cover. Sure. <laughs> like, right. Know? Right. You think about, yeah. you know, you're talking about, you never know, you know, what individual call is going to demand of you. Um, and it comes to think, you know, what if it's too late? Like you said, 
comes to think like what happens if you get on scene of a shooting or something and the the suspect takes off running and you can't run after him and then he goes and commits another murder or you know something like that i mean that's just a day-to-day occurrence right like that is something that could very well happen right now like the people listening their next call could be that call like it's not out of the like we're not talking about like a superhero movie this is real life so I've been putting together my own thing, uh, my own kind of training thing for my agency now and just whatever my future is going to hold. And and I've been working on right now, like overweightness. So I just want to throw some numbers out there. Um, oh. Talking about the obesity epidemic in law enforcement, the Wall Street Journal says that more than 40 percent of police officers are obese. The FBI says eight out of 10 police officers are overweight. Both reports are missing. Why? Um, obviously stress can lead to it. Poor eating habits because of call to call, things like that. Um, long periods of sitting, uh, international journal of obesity found that the shift that that shift work may be direct responsible for obesity, poor sleeping habits, because obviously we are not eating, you're not sleeping, whatever, but also that ties in. If you're not eating right, you're not sleeping well. I mean, that's, they all tie in together. All these things I'm saying it says that metabolic syndrome, uh, occurred 25% of police officers compared to 18% of general population. It's also saying that metabolic syndrome is more common amongst women. uh, And then it just goes on and on. So just to talk about those things, right? Stress contributing to obesity. Yes. If you let it, right? Like there are many different ways to combat stress. And that's one of the main things I focus on on my show all the time. And you know, what's a great way of relieving stress working out. And when you work out and you exhaust your body, you sleep better. Like literally all these things, it's a circle. It all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not rocket science. You know, there's one phrase that I've, I've always said, uh, law enforcement or the biggest threat to law enforcement is law enforcement itself. Right. It's the profession. Like I absolutely think, and I, uh, I can't remember what page it was. They post something about what are your thoughts on like 12 hour shifts I said, they're absolutely stupid. I think, I think the way that the whole thing is organized is absolutely garbage when it, as it pertains to a human performance perspective, mm-hmm. right? You talk about, um, acuteness, vigilance, things like that. Uh, you know, uh, body response time, you know, after about eight hours, you go to shit. Yeah. So like, so you're asking cops at the, sometimes the peak of a 12 hour shift and not sometimes they're working more than that to, to then perform and be perfect at the highest level mm-hmm. of violence, right? Like, right. which is, and, and don't you dare fuck up. Don't you dare make one mistake. Right. Cause if you do, it's your ass, not your agency's ass, which again, you, you know, those stats hundred percent, you know, and, and, you know, just, just like you said, it's, it's the working out, the sleep, the nutrition, but it, it takes, it takes a little effort, right? It's it not, it's, it's not hard. No. It's, and that's kind of what we do at, at effective fitness. It's, it's that behavior change. It's not, I don't expect people just to go cold Turkey and, and start meal prepping and, and kind of going to the gym, right? You have to do the whole crawl, walk, run thing. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't just all of a sudden started working out. Like I was introduced to it and then I had to find a schedule. Oh, and of course you have the excuses. I have kids. Oh, yeah. I have dude. Hey, motherfucker. Everybody's got kids. <laughs> Everybody's got family. Everybody got no money. Like Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. still make it work. You can still live a healthy lifestyle and, you know, sleep. I know that's like, it was like, Oh, I can never sleep because I work this shut the fuck up. You can sleep. Mm -hmm. Like you can find time to prioritize sleep. Right. Right. But if you sub Netflix 
for sleep, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at exactly how much more sleep you can get. Bro, there was an actual study out, and I'll I'll see if I can send it to you. But it was like um, rate of injury and the amount of sleep you get, mm-hmm. right? So it's like mm-hmm. if you get like camera was was like it's like five to six hours, you were seventy percent more likely to get injured. You know whether you're working out just because of your lack of sleep. Sleep is is a huge factor in recovery and performance uh, in absolutely everything. Um, I myself struggle with that. I worked I worked nights basically for for five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, it's, it will destroy you. Like there is no way to make night shift be good. Right. But you have to try these things to combat. That's why we just released an article about the 22 tips to surviving night shift. Mm -hmm. Right. And some of those were about diet, nutrition, how to sleep, um, you know, kind of things to have, but yeah, man, again, the job will fuck you up if you let it but it's the responsibility of you. But also, man, there's a, there's a lot of great people out there that have way more experience, um, you know, in certain fields when it comes to like sleep. Mm-hmm. Like there are sleep doctors out there that yeah. your insurance will pay for, like will cover you to go and check out sleep therapy. There's, you know, counselors that'll help you sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, your diet Diet's huge, bro. Right. You know that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, one of the things that you were talking about, um, regarding like the 12 hour shift, I agree. You know, I, I long thought that 12 hour shifts were good. You know, I was like, Oh, it's, it's pretty convenient. The, the two on two off three on, like, I was like, Oh, that, you know, that makes sense. Well, I've been out of the job now for about six, seven months. And I mean, I'm still in dispatch. I'm still doing the, the rotating shift work, but I, I get to thinking a lot more about, police wellness. That's why I'm, I'm taking these notes in my journal. And one of the things that I was thinking is like 12 hours just doesn't make sense. That's too long. It's too long. And the, the way that the, the week is broken up, it just doesn't make sense either. Um, cause especially you work night shift. If you were two on two off and then three on, which is a lot of agencies have that schedule. Um, so let's say you're working night shift, you're working six to six overnight, by 6 a.m. Wednesday morning, which is your day off, you're going to sleep, hopefully, hopefully. Um, I'm just going to talk about myself. I would sleep till about 12 because I would like to have a day off. You know what I mean? Two days, a day and a half off. But most people, they're either going to sleep that whole day away or the opposite. They're not going to sleep. They're going to go straight from work and they're going to be up. And then they're like, oh, no, 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 I'll sleep at night. I want a normal routine on my days off. None of those things are good for multiple different reasons. And the other thing that you were saying is that, um, you know, you have to be ready to perform any moment in that 12 hour shift. You know, we always make the joke that like night shift kind of dies down around 4 a.m. And you don't really do anything until day shift takes over. And then day shift doesn't really do anything until about three. That's not to say that shit won't happen. I've been involved in critical incidents right at shift change or right before shift change, like three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Uh, or, you know, when I work day shift, same thing, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, that's when shit can pop off too. Um, so if you're one of these guys that is exhausted at the end of night shift, you know, trying to catch a snooze in your cruiser, what's going to happen when that emergency tone drops and you're responding to a a shooting, what are you going to do? Like what is, what is your performance going to do? Right. Right. And it's, I mean, 
it's not uncommon for cops to take naps in their car, bro. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Right. Like, it's, 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 it's super common. It's all over. It was on World Star the other day. So, like, it, yeah, the guy, people know I think it, it exists in, in Dallas, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Houston, maybe. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just, it's just one of those things where why 12 hours and why the schedule it is? Like, who, I guess I can understand why they came up with it. Mm hmm as it pertains to like the 40 hour a week or whatever. Right. But why, why, why does that apply to a profession that demands perfection, that demands performance, that demands these things? Why can't it, why can't we just come up with a whole new, a whole new system? And I, I'm sure there are probably agencies that are, you know, trying certain things. And I, I, I don't, I don't really know. Cause I don't, it's not my expertise, but right. All I know is twelve hours is fucked. Yeah, twelve and hours is fucked. No, you're 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 spot on. It's it's fucked, and you're right. We demand perfection. Again, I'm going back to my handy dandy notebook here. Uh, sure. Pete Rose, right? He is the best hitter in baseball. He had a three oh three batting average. Okay, that means he missed more than what sixty percent of the time, seventy percent of the time. Ty Cobb had the highest batting average, three sixty six. Michael Jordan hit. 49% of his field goals. And those are the, those are the best athletes in those sports, right? Yeah. They make millions of dollars. They're on, they're on Wheaties boxes and stuff like that. Cops have to hit hundred percent of the time. Everything they do has to be perfect every single time. Everything. And, and like you think, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And we are never going to have no kids going to wear a shirt with our name on it. No. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why they would. Uh, no, I'll wear my shirt with your name on it. Okay, perfect. Uh, but the point is, like, we have to realize the – well, first off, obviously the importance of police work versus basketball or baseball. But you have to understand that how demanding – like, you think – if you ever watch, like, videos of Michael Jordan talking about his workout routine or things like that or, like, how his practice was um, – he was relentless. He was relentless to miss 50% of the time. Right. So you think about these cops that they go to work, they go home, they do nothing on their days off. Then they go back to work. Like, think about that. Like you, you've got to practice. Like it's not, again, like you said, it's not rocket science. Right. You know, the OIS hit average is eight out of 10 or misses. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're looking at a a 18 to 20% hit ratio. Right. That means that, that eight rounds are somewhere right and those Great rounds odd that they went into every a tree si- somewhere or something right every single one of those rounds like i remember when i first went through our pre-academy and we were doing our firearms familiarization stuff and one of my so my lieutenant whenever i got out he was uh he basically said he goes every bullet has a lawyer attached to it mm-hmm. he goes every bullet is a lawsuit every bullet is could be the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So when you take this, like whenever we're talking about firearms training, you need to take it seriously. And obviously the firearms qualification wasn't, our agency wasn't terrible. Uh, it definitely could have been better. Um, but, but yeah, as like you said, like you're in a profession that demands perfection with little to no training. And if it is training, it's usually subpar. It's usually, mm-hmm. you know, checkbox training. Absolutely. I mean, the reason why I started training uh, jujitsu was because I was involved. I was uh, trying to take a guy into custody for a fucking child support warrant, and he started to pull away. And I was in a pretty narrow, like, 
area to where I didn't have much room to really navigate, uh, to really get around him. And he started pulling away. And luckily I was able to fucking verbal judo, but, uh, I didn't have any options. My brain went fuck, 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 fuck. And I had no idea what to do. I was like, I have no idea what to do right now. Mm-hmm. It was very scary because the dude was way bigger than me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and like a dumbass, I was like, I don't need backup. Fuck backup. She's overrated. <laughs> right. Um, that rookie courage. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, luckily I am very good at talking to people and leveling with people and, and I'm from that area. So that, I, that also plays a huge role, right? Like, Hey, where'd you go to high school? Like kind of whatever. But, but yeah, man, like I started training uh jujitsu because of that. Mm-hmm. It could have been preventative. I could have been training it because my agency could have provided me better combatives or subject control training from the get go. And so that if I was in that situation, I wouldn't have been like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. And a time to say, Oh shit. Isn't an incident, right? It's, it needs to be on the mats. It needs to be in thousands and thousands of reps to where you can say, stop, you can say index, you can tap, you can be done with it. Right. You can, even if you break your leg, you could still call nine one one and the ambulance <laughs> mm-hmm. will come get you. Right. right. Like, but not like, a fight for your life. Right, right. You, I mean, yeah, yeah. The ambulance will come, but not the way you want them to come. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just one of those things where that's why we we even trademarked above the standard because that's literally what law enforcement training is. It is below the standard, and yeah. and, and then in order for us to see change in the profession, above the standard training must exist. And right now, it's slowly very, very slowly, incrementally creeping up towards that above the standard. But it's... Think about how to, far we are behind the eight ball with that, though. Oh, dude, fucking years, bro. Like, yeah. the thing is, it's also a money thing, man. Like, it's a money thing, but it's also... I take that back. Rewind. It's not a money thing. I know that. Like, we knew that in a second. But it's an ego thing. Mm-hmm. It's in... Um, it's and Because there is money out there. Trust me, it's, I can't give away an agency program to some agencies. I can't give them, I go, Hey, here's a free year of our health and wellness program for your agency free year. I'll get a call from the chief. Yeah. Well, the city won't approve it because, and I'm like, bro, it's, it's free. It's zero, literally $0. Why? Well, it's got to go through legal. Okay, well, we have attorneys. We can get in touch with attorneys. It's fine. Like, it's just a document. We can change contracts. Like, mm-hmm. whatever makes you happy. Just getting, you know, let's let's get rolling. No. Okay. Well, that's that. So it's just it's just one of those things, man. Where it's it's really not always money because the money exists. They spend. I'm sure agency has spent stupid money on things that you guys mm-hmm. are like, man. That'd have been nice to get. I don't know. Optics on our rifles or mm-hmm. optics on our pistols. Yeah, we had. Um... When I, when I was brand new, I was a rookie and we were working one of those special events and the captain rolled out these little blinkers, like they were little boxes and they go on your duty belt and you press them and they go red and blue. They're supposed to like make you more visible when you're on foot post or if you're like doing a, a foot, uh, traffic stop on foot, um, sure. completely useless. Nobody. And I mean, nobody <laughs> wore them after that no. event. And they, they dropped the number. Someone in training told me what the number was, and it was astronomical. It was hundreds of thousands of dollars for these little things that no one used. <clears throat> then there was the bowler wrap. You remember the bowler wrap? The freaking oh, the yeah, Batman dude, tool? I, yeah. Yeah. Um, my agency invested money into it. We never even got them. We spent money, and then they were like, yeah, no, we're not going to continue on with this. I don't know if they got their money back, but I know we spent the money out, and we never even mm. got them. 
But now yeah. you were talking about tourniquets earlier. When I left my agency, which was in September, this past September, we never had tourniquets issued. That's scary. That yeah, is it's scary. It's 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 insane. And the whole bowler wrap thing, I got into. Uh, they actually tried to hit me up in the DMs for uh, to do some promotional stuff. Um, that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, because then I made a meme immediately talking shit. Uh about them and i was like well, what if he shot you in the face and it was just like <laughs> and they're just like well this is the thing and i was like it's a i was like look man i told the guys like look man it's an absolutely terrible device i was like you're just putting more band-aids on shit that doesn't need to put band-aids on the tasers it is what it is mm-hmm. and i was like but the bowler wrap dude that's like it's 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 loud first off it sounds like a gunshot it's a fucking 380 cartridge right it's fucking you got to be in a like a wide area. Right. Perfect scenario. Uh, Which how many bar- houses have wide, you know, none, none. Right. So like you can't use it indoors. Basically uh, it's got fucking barbs on it, like fucking treble hooks on it. So mm-hmm. if you try to go hands on the dude starts fighting, like getting fucking jammed up. So like, I, 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 I think I had a Kevlar rope to worry about that could be wrapped around your fucking neck. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and then like I knew agencies that, we're using them. We're trained with them. And I would have all these training guys just send me all failed fucking deployments. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, it's super successful. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. In it. your, in your yeah. perfect environment where you did your test, not like in the actual real world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, that's what they said. The fucking, that's what uh freaking Axon says that the tasers, uh, 98% effective in their tests. Yeah. And I'm like, sure. On a fucking completely naked human. Like that's not <laughs> right. Moving. Right. In your, in your high. little, yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been involved in plenty of instances where the taser went off and nothing happened. Now, I've seen it work. Don't get me wrong. I've definitely seen it sure. work, oh, but, yeah. you know, that's fine. That's fine. When it works, it's great. It does its job. When it doesn't work, then everyone goes, oh, fuck, what do we do now? Like, because no <laughs> one ever knows. Funny. You know, even when you do your, your yearly training on taser or whatever, biannually, whatever it is, it's like, all right, the dummy is laying down. The dummy is not aggressive. Taser, 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 pop. Oh, good job. All right, go back on patrol. You get 10-8. Okay, what if he doesn't what if it doesn't work? What do I do now? Like shit Bro, my pants. That's what a, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I made a post this a while back, but there's there's like a there's like a there's like a brain fart with between the pop, the oh fuck, and the what do I do? Uh-huh. Right? It's about three seconds. Right? Mm-hmm. I'll how much can happen in three seconds? So much. Fucking lot. Yeah. Right? So like we need to be able to either know how to transition because they don't, they, just like you said, it's test, you back 10-8. Boom, your checkbox, back on the road. Okay, what if it doesn't work? What do I do? Right. Like, okay, do I put another cartridge in? Does it have, you know, is it is it the new taser where it's got two or three or four or five, however many fucking new cartridges mm-hmm. it has in there now? Like it, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Like I remember asking a question like that in training when I was brand new, I was like, all right, now what, what if, uh, what if he keeps fighting? And at that point, the instructor was pissed with my questions. He's like, oh, well, what if I fart and cotton candy comes out? Like you can, what if anything to death, stop questioning things. I'm like, oh, dude, I hate that. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm trying to not die. Like that's, I remember we were doing building clearing and I was trying to like really understand never have been in, I don't know if you have military backing or anything, but never no. having cleared buildings or rooms. I was like, cause they were about to shoot us with Sims. I was like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I don't want to get shot. So I kept, I literally was trying to, you know, yes. I w- was, I asking a lot of questions. Absolutely. Why? Cause I don't want to get shot. Like that's, that's the end of the day. I don't want to get shot. It's a fair question. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> 
Um, but they got pissed with that. So what happened when we did sim training? I got fucking lit up. I'm like, that didn't teach me. <laughs> that taught me that you're an asshole. That's what it taught me. Yeah, it taught me that Sims hurt. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like as if I didn't already know, hey, don't get shot. Cool. That 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 is just like formulated the box a little bit stronger, but I already had that kind of in my mind, don't get shot. So That's a good that's that's always a good strategy. It's a good mi- mindset, yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, and it it goes back to like that OODA loop thing, you know, where you're expect because you're trained like, oh, I press the thing, it's going to work. And then it doesn't. And I've seen right. videos and of course you have, you know, where you taste someone who has a knife and then they're still running with the knife and we've all seen what happens, you know, people getting shot or not shot, but stabbed. And, and, uh, I just take, I've just taken a, um, officer involved shooting class about a few weeks ago, um, by trip tripwire solutions. And, um, they, they showed a bunch of videos in class. One of them was in, Georgia is a pretty popular video where the cops, it was a senior officer and his FTO or, and his trainee. And they like backed up all the way to the main road. I'm sure you've probably seen it um, where they tased the guy. He went down and then he jumped right back up and grabbed the, the cop and tried to grab his gun. He ended up getting, yep. it was a brief hostage situation. And it's just like, there's so many things to pick apart in like situations like that, where it's like, got to be better and obviously in the class we're talking about like you know when is de-escalation done like when when when's enough enough and you know when you have well, to... sometimes well sometimes de-escalation comes at you at 1200 feet per second uh-huh. right so uh-huh. so that so that is de-escalation um you know sometimes it, you know everybody talks about the escalation of force right well is it really escalation because <laughs> it it's not right like i guess it is like per law, per textbook, per whatever, but it's like, well, my job is to stop a threat. Once that threat is stopped with whatever force and the, then the situation has been de-escalated. <laughs> like right. whether it's with, whether it's with uh, uh, your hands and intermediate weapon, less lethal or a firearm, right. Mm-hmm. Or a fucking brick, whatever. It doesn't matter at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think people, uh, uh, I say people like the general public don't understand that. Correct. Don't, don't understand that. Correct. Sometimes de-escalation is always the goal, mm-hmm. but it is not always the answer. Right. How many sirs, sir, please stop, sir, stop resisting. How many of those before we're like, all right, that's not working. What do we do next? Yeah. I also tell people with kids, do you treat your kids like that? Do you give your kids 15 chances to get out of the car? I fucking don't. I, I, I boy, ass telling force, your ass is getting cut. <laughs> Like, like, it's like, I will straight arm bar your ass out of this car seat. Mm-hmm. Like you need to get out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you need to get out. I will, I will use this B pillar to my advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but no man, it's, it's, it's the thing is, is people like, Oh, well you're over here sitting behind a screen. It's a learning point. I, people, people, dude, I've been doing this shit for almost a decade, right? Like I have a pretty large account. I get, I've, I'm a professional troll myself. So like people can talk shit all they want. Right. I have, I have haters, people in my own agency that I, I, I left, which we can talk about too, is, you know, everybody's like, oh man, like, good job. I support you. Nobody fucking supports no, me. There's two no. guys out of my entire agency that actually support me, F- Frank and Player. Those dudes are fucking G's. They're the, the, they're the only ones that'll repost on their personal page. They'll fucking still talk to me out of like 300 and almost, almost 400, right? Two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to give a fuck. Yeah. To actually support. I mean, I, I, I still have friends there, 
but to support. Oh, sure. And I, oh, it, and I'll never forget that. Yeah. I mean, you want to, you want to talk about, you know, how many people I had, I had a person when I started my page stranger. So, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything because we, we were quite friendly. And, uh, when I started making merch, I was like, Hey, like I'm, I'm making like t-shirts and stickers and blah, blah, blah. Like if you could really like buy one, I'd really appreciate it. And she's like, Oh yeah, 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 I got this coming up. I got this expense coming up. I can't really afford it. I'm like, you can't afford a $20 t-shirt. Okay. All right. I, and then I was like, I kept like going back and going back. And I was like, you know what? Enough's enough. Like you're, if you're not, then we're not, that's fine. But I'm gonna stop like hitting you up too. And you know, that's where you just kind of, and there's plenty of people in my agency. They'll share. It's really easy to share. That's free. Uh, but when you're like, Hey, right. like I'm trying to make this a business and try to like pay some bills with some stuff. Can you help me out? And I don't even, I don't even hit people up anymore. Like if they want to, they want to, I'm not like, yeah, down I never hit people up, man. It's just like if I have a product you want, you want to spend your money on it, then, then I mean, great. <clears throat> but like, you know, that was one thing I took into consideration. You know, I mean, we sell T-shirts and stuff like that too. Obviously, that's not our kind of our main revenue bringer. I guess was mm-hmm. not even a word, but whatever. But basically, uh, maker. But you know, I wanted to create a product that was very useful. That that kind of do whatever. But like when it comes to like people, now I have people hit me up and shoot people up. They won't support your business, but they'll ask for a free shout out. Oh, they'll ask yeah. for, they'll ask you for some exposure. They'll ask you for this, ask you for that. And, you know, again, like I support a lot of companies. Um, I support Centerfuse training. I support Street Cop training. I support um, Orion training group. Um, none of those pay me. I, 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 I make zero dot. People think I make, oh, you must be making crazy money off police posts. I make zero fucking dollars. I've mm-hmm. probably lost money on police posts and I've made money on police posts. Why? Police post isn't a money maker. It's a, it's a community. Like sure. I push effect to finish training because we bring education, right? We're bringing education through science, driven fitness and combatives, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you want to join the program, great. If you don't great, like please learn something and carry on. And if you like what you see, Please share it. And if you don't, I still don't give a fuck because I'm going to mm-hmm. keep on going and do, keep doing what I'm doing. And I definitely like, you know, you guys have great memes like you and Holy Made Police memes and Dark Cop. <laughs> Dark Cop's my boy. We talk yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, but he's, he, you know, but like some stuff I'm like, e, you know, like that was, that was dark, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he gets, he gets dark with it. <laughs> he gets, he gets, he gets dark over there. And I usually, I mean, again, I, I have a, a I'm pretty demented like everybody else's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of in the profession, but yeah, man, like, you know, supporting cop owned businesses, it's not as easy as it's not as glamorous as people think. It's not like all cops are your friends. Cause that's definitely, dude, no, I, I get more hate. Not, yeah. I get, I get, I get more hate from cops. Like, um, you know, people too. Oh, like, you know, you're talking shit. I'm like, look, man, you asked me about a training company. I'm going to fucking tell you my thoughts because if I have my boys that have gone there, like if you're training life-saving and life-taking skills, but you're not doing it great and your people are paying you money and there's a better option for either a, a cheaper price or even a more expensive price. Like I can only tell you what training I've been to and the people I know, but if people I trust have been in this training or know this person, like I'd be like, yeah, probably wouldn't go. I, probably, I personally would not invest my money in this training. Mm-hmm. I would go to someone like this who doesn't pay me. So I, there's, right. there's no benefit for me to say, take a Will Petty class, take a dentist class or street cop training or, or, or an Orion training group. Like they're great guys. They support my business. I support their business. 
they do good things, we try to do good things. Right. So that's it, man. Like you guys stick together with these small businesses. Like I think there's, a, you know, everybody thinks there's like a competition or whatever. Dude, there's not. Mm-hmm. There is plenty to go around. There is, there's plenty to go around. Just support people that are trying, just like you said, like you're, you got fucking bills to pay. Like you're trying to start a business, dude. That's a fucking hard thing to do. Right. Yeah. It's super brave, man. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's brave. Mm-hmm. Truly. It is. And you know, it's, it's niche too, right? Like we're not going to be selling our product to the general public. Like we have a, we have a small barrel of fish considering the whole thing of what we're picking from. So, you know, that's why it's important to find, you know, I call them charlatans. You know, there's some that are just straight up, not authentic. They're full of shit and you've got to, you've got to call it what it is. Um, you know, there's, there's so many out there and, I, I just I so I think I know who you're talking about. Oh yeah, there, there's quite a few that there could, that it could be. Um, you guys are brutal, man. Like you guys are brutal, dude. You uh, probably made was it hood cop memes is my boy too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, there, there was it peach the peach the fuzz. Yeah, there, man. There's so many man. You guys, you guys crush it though. Like I, I follow a lot of meme pages just because I, 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 I love memes, bro. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love them. And you guys do a great job. I definitely support what you guys do. I think it's, uh, I think it's necessary humor. Yeah. Um, it's, it's humor that sure. not everyone will get, you know, and, but, but okay. when the people that need to get it, get it. And that's the important part. You know what I mean? Like, I think oh, dude, yeah. when I started the page, you know, and I, I've told this story 10 million times on, on various episodes, but uh, it was just for me and my buddies. And then one of my one of my memes that I had made for them somehow went viral. Someone leaked it or whatever. And I was like, shit, I'm not getting any credit for this. So I made the page, you know, and the coolest thing was hearing and I left it as an open page is hearing cops from around the country finding my shit and starting to like say, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that you deal with that, too. And it's therapeutic, you know, these whole, this, this meme kind of community or whatever, you know, dealing with people who deal with the same shit. It is man. You know, and this, the thing is I, I support, I support all of that. Now there are some companies where I, you know, I won't, I won't ever go out of my way to, to bash another company because I don't have time. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I'm a very busy person. I'm not trying to say like, I'm like, you know, the Elon Musk of, <laughs> of law enforcement businesses by any right, means, right, but right. But I'm busy between I run I run two businesses. Um I own two businesses um that have multiple people that work for this. Like there's there's we have six or seven active cops for effective fitness training, and then we have twelve active cops that work for the combatives. Mm-hmm. And then that doesn't include the physical therapists, the strength coaches, the nutrition specialists, and stuff like that. So we have we have a, a lot of people. So I have to make sure that you know, everything's running smoothly. So, but yeah, man, it's, it, it's, it's super insane that, that people, people still shit on other people that are trying to, to grow like, um, you mm-hmm. probably made police memes. Um, I talked to him a lot about business as well. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I want to see you guys thrive. Like I want to see you guys make some extra money, pay your mm-hmm. bills, like yeah. do something you love. It is therapeutic for you as well. For sure. Um, and that's, and that's, and that's super important, man. And I, you know, I wish you the best success in that. Truly. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And Absolutely. you know, it's, um, it's nice to see forward thinking cops or former cops or whatever it might be. You know, a lot of people will get, here's the thing here. We're talking about people that talk shit. 
um, not to not to name drop or whatever, but like people will like when when poorly made got out when I got out. I don't know how it was when you got out, but people start talking shit like, oh, you're just some failure of a cop, ex-cop, whatever. And they start talking shit about that. It's like, dude, no, like it has nothing to do with any of that. And for a while, and I'm still, I'm still fairly new when it's, you know, poorly made. It's about a year out. You've got several years out. I'm only seven months out of working the road. Um, so for me, I still, I mean, I'm still dealing with my own thing with, you know, leaving their job and, and making transitions Sucks. and stuff. It does. It Sucks. really does. Um, it took me a while. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm literally in therapy over it, like trying to talk to an ex cop and being like, I was too, bro. Yeah. It's, I, um, I, I, I yeah, absolutely do. I, uh, I'll be honest with you. The day that I realized I was leaving, I cried. I was actually in my driveway bench pressing and my wife came outside and she's like, she heard <laughs> it was like a cat dying outside or something. <laughs> um, and I was just like, I was upset. I was like, I felt like a, my identity was gone. Mm-hmm. Like it was like that, this piece of metal uh, pinned to my chest or on my belt meant everything meant who I was as a person. Yeah. And then I, I, you know, I had a, I had a brand new baby at the time, which I don't really talk much with my family, but I have, I do have two kids, two boys um, who are, who I do everything for. Right. So, you know, I, I had a, I had a four month old, a brand new child. I was a fucking brand new dad. These things don't come with manuals. So I was trying <laughs> to figure out what to do. Right. Uh, I was a cop in the South. So I was making no fucking money, like z- zero money. Um, that's why I started a business while I was a cop. So like I was running effective fitness for about a year while I was a cop basically. Uh, and, and that was killing me. I was working 18 hours a day for uh, basically here I am preaching about health and wellness and recovery and I'm fucking getting four hours of sleep. Oh yeah. No. Uh, and so, but yeah, man, it's, it's just, uh, it's a, I, I basically told myself after I left, like it was very, it was, it was, it was hard, but uh, like I wasn't in the know anymore. Nobody called me. Um, mm-hmm. You know how it goes. Oh yeah. Uh, and then, but then I, I told myself like, I'm going to do something to better the law enforcement. Cause I, I do really care about like, I'm a, I'm a mission driven guy. Yeah. So that, mm-hmm. that's, we are a mission driven company. Both companies are mission driven. If you don't fit the mission, you don't work here. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about money for us. It's about mission. And the money just drives that mission. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's great. And again, like me being out, I know what that entails. I'm a, I'm a fucking realist. I know that my experience, my knowledge, my ability to, to, to relate to modern policing is obviously going to decrease. Like sure. as I, yeah. as my experience grows, that's why everybody thinks, Oh, well you're a has been motherfucker. We have like, 15 to 20 cops that work at effective fitness and effective fitness combatives that are all active guys um, with like probably combined experience. Like Jay alone has 21 years. Uh, like the guys just at effective fitness have over a hundred years and there's mm-hmm. only like five or six of us. So it's like, that's a, that's, that's a, a good lot amount. of experience. Yeah. A lot of experience. And all of those guys are way more legit than I ever was. All of them were SWAT. All of them were specialized units, intel units, canine. One's an active canine sergeant. Uh, both are both patrol and SWAT. One's full-time SWAT. One's a team leader. Two are team leaders on SWAT teams, like black belts in jiu-jitsu, like just military experience. Right, and then when you dude, go to the combative yeah. side, dude, bro, when you go to the combative side, you're talking about cops, like competition-level black belts, uh, D1, D2 wrestlers. Like for those that don't know what a uh, 
D one or D two wrestler would do to you, they'll fuck you up. <laughs> right. Um, and they're, they, they're all legit guys. Right. So it's like, people think it's just me and it's, and it is not, I was the one with the idea, but I was like, I need to find good people that are mission driven to do it. And Joey, Kyle, Jay, Matt, I mean, Dane, Kelly, like it's, we have a team of people because yeah. I could not do all this by myself. There's no way. Right. Absolutely. You know? It's, you know, I, I just finished, I just got into this whole audible thing and uh, I just finished listening to start with why a uh, book by Simon Sinek. And he's talking about how, why people need how people in their lives, because, you know, people have the ideas, you know, people like you and I, we have ideas, uh, but we may not necessarily know how we're going to do it. We just know that it needs to get done. It's important. And it's I know that some, book, by the way, you, you have read that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, like the who, not how, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's how you run a company, bro. Like you asked Dennis about, I don't know if you ever talked to Dennis. Oh about yeah. Business, all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, he, him and I are boys, um, and he's he's super open about it, and he's the same way. Like he's not an expert in everything. Like his his experience is limited, right? Like everybody everybody's experience is limited. That's why that's something that's so frustrating. Like, oh well, you never done this, motherfucker. I know guys that have worked the road for twenty something years have never drawn their gun. Mm-hmm. I drew my gun day three out of the fucking academy. Yep. Right. Like like there are guys like that are saying they have 17 years experience, but really only have like two. Right. So like, I, I really am very careful about who comments and this thing. Oh, do you block people on your page? Yes. All the time. And it's not because they disagree. But when you start name calling and attacking, you're not bringing beneficial discussion to the, to the post. Sure. I don't, I don't fucking need you. Yeah, absolutely. It's not worth the headspace. It's not, it just, no, you know, the time it, Right, right, and I—I I mean, it's—it's it's interesting to say because I'm a meme page, but like, dude, I don't—I have no time for trolls. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just showing yeah, up, on my, it, like, if you just show up on my page to talk shit, I especially talk shit about me or like what I'm doing, I've got no time for it. No time. So you said time is the most valuable asset we possess, right? So you have to—if if you want to run a successful business, you have to have time management. And what distracts people the most is other people. Oh, for sure. Right. And if those people don't provide value to me, like I have meetings all fucking day. I literally was on a call just before I got mm-hmm. on this about our Grand Rapids police department workshop we're doing. Right. You know that. Okay. So you know that whole shooting that Grand Rapids had the really mm-hmm. bad one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody made a meme about it. The, and we'll be right back. Meme. Whoever made that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that <laughs> Other, was, uh, uh it might've been your boy, wasn't it? Was that dark cop? I don't know, dude. Some of you guys <laughs> post some brutal ones, uh-huh. but so, uh, so, so grand Rapids reached out to us and we're doing a two day seminar there, uh, in June, mm-hmm. uh, we're doing a weapons based entanglement course there. Um, which is obviously the, it was kind of the situation. Um, and so, but yeah, man, like I'm dealing with that. I don't have time to deal with some guys like, oh, well, what's your credentials? Like, look, motherfucker, I, I ain't got time for this. Right. I got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I don't have to prove anything to you. First off, you're private. You have three followers and zero posts. Like, yeah, it's not, your not fucking pictures time. Homer Simpson. Like, yeah, and like your pictures <laughs> fucking Homer Simpson. Like, I, I don't, I don't have time for you. Like, you're just going to waste my time. So I don't, I don't waste my headspace. And again, I do run police posts. Like, nobody else runs that page but me. Um, I may be looking for help in the near future. Uh, just to help like with the content stuff. Cause it is, it is a lot. Um, 
Sure. But, 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 but you, you got to keep your head on, man. Like even with your meme pages and I, you know, I tell all of them, cause again, I have a pretty good relationship with a lot of the meme pages mm. and I'm just like, y'all just keep doing your thing, man. Y'all are crushing it. Like, just keep, <laughs> right. Okay, right. Just, just keep, keep having just, fun with just, it. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Just keep doing your thing and just keep, because again, people share your shit, dude. People share a lot of your posts. Yeah. That's great exposure, man. Oh yeah. Cause it's funny. Shit. <laughs> yeah i appreciate I it. it it sucks man I, I made a post today and and i was just i just said it before i came on like six hours in it's only reached three thousand people i'm like are you kidding me with this stupid shadow oh, dude. man it's dude crushed. i've had two reported posts in two days um oh yeah i, I saw you make a post about, about that yeah 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 i dude i get i get po- i get i get reported all the time but i would say probably 50 percent of the time the post gets restored because i I'm able to review it. Um, sometimes they, they don't even allow me to do that. They're just like, yep, Nope, it's, that. it's done. And I'm like, well, shit. Okay. So, I mean, I, I don't have a backup police post account yet. I'm, I probably should make one. I don't though. Um, I mean, I have police post training because those, so Joey and Kyle run that page, the um, two cops in Cali stay ready. He's run by Ralph. Who's a cop. He's also, he's a SRT guy in, in Cali. Then we have, you know, the effective fitness and then effective fitness combatives. Then I have the podcast page, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the podcast page, I don't really just post whenever an episode goes up. I don't really do anything in there, but yeah, man, it's just one of those things you gotta be careful, dude. Like you guys work really hard for that. Do you have a backup account? Not, not an official one. No, I've got other mm. accounts, but none that are the 10, eight memes. Oh, backup. your fucking creeper accounts, bro. You yeah, got the, yeah, the yeah. creeper account. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you dude. Yeah. Well, yeah for the yeah. meme wars, man, I got to get up all those votes. So <laughs> <laughs> man, who does that's a, uh, uh, not today. I a does the main, not one. today. I a, yeah. I don't, I don't know him. Or, it's actually or a she, or it. she, yeah. she or it. That's okay. She, yeah. I don't know her, uh, but she does. She does. She does post good stuff. Well, maybe I should stop calling her a dude then. Uh, it's so for the longest better. time she was uh, she was genderless uh, intentionally, and and but I figured it out somehow. We were talking, and I was like, "Wait a second and found that she was a chick. And um, I had her on my uh, on the show about a year ago, actually, and that was when like the news broke, you know, because obviously she's talking and she's a female, and. Uh, I was like, oh, we're going to break the internet. We didn't, but it was just kind of funny. Uh, seeing everybody call call her dude and everything, I was like, I don't know. I got a kick out of it. Kind of like, you know, knowing a That's secret awesome. that no one else knows. But uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I mean, I know, I personally know some of the, some of the meme pages. Um, you know, obviously I respect, because again, I didn't show my face or anything for the longest time because yeah. I was active and I, I just, and my agency was actually pretty cool with it. Uh, for the most part, because I was able to get some pretty good training opportunities out of the page, but uh, just for my sake, I didn't like it, uh, and, and oh, yeah. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know where my career was headed. I didn't know if I was going to go, uh, you know, work for a different agency or 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 go to a different division within the agency, and I just didn't want that to happen. So, right. um, you know, I, I I totally respect that. I don't, but I. I will say, uh, for two hundred dollars PayPal, I will I will expose all the accounts. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm really kidding. No, no man, no, yeah. no man. But super respect for you guys and and you know what you guys do because I know you guys could probably get in some serious uh, some serious shit if uh, if you know if your agency did find out. But yeah, you guys, some of the we, I mean, there's been several meme pages that just haven't made it because they got jammed up over some shit. There was a God, there yeah, guys yeah, out in California that got jammed up because they were doing it on their phone, their work phone. I'm like, why would you do it on your work uh, phone? That makes that's just stupid. You fucking deserve that shit. Yeah. Um, fucking 
guns. Yeah, and come then, on, boys. <laughs> there, come there's on. a bunch that uh, get jammed up one reason or another, and it's just so where I used to work, it became common knowledge that I ran the page. My sergeants knew, lieutenants knew, they just didn't care. Um, yeah. My chief found out about the podcast like the day I left didn't care his whole thing was like oh well when am i gonna be on it i was like never but that was a different story oh, dude, you should what the fuck that's uh, cool man maybe one day no. um but my new agency um like a handful of people have figured it out one person this was crazy so there's a big patch board right outside the briefing room and i made a very singular like i made sure to single out one patch and i took a picture of it like day two and someone was like, I know where that patch is. And they messaged me. It was like, hey, you work for here, bro? And I was like, how? Like, I made it sure that you didn't Dude. see anything else. I was like, that's detective. Good- yeah. I was like, that's some detective work right there. Um, detective. But my current supervisors, they know about it. They're cool about it. But that's cool, I try. Man. It is. It is. I just don't I want to wait till I'm off probation before anybody else finds out about it. So that way they can't just yeah. be like, get out of here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, you know, I under I, I operate under the idea of. I don't want anything that could become six o'clock news on my page. You know, like I don't want, Oh no. Cause I've seen like when you take a meme and you put it out of context, it just looks bad. It always looks bad. There's bro. There's some dark ones out there, dude, that I'm like, yeah, like you're, you're playing with big fire. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like them on purpose. I may laugh obviously, but like I'm one of those guys, like there's, there's no such thing as too soon. Right. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, one of those dudes for sure. Yeah. But, um, but I, I will probably not like it just cause it's like, cause dude, I've had people screenshot be like, Oh my God, please post like this. Mm. This is so insensitive. This is racist. This is sexist. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, it's a fucking joke, bitch. Like it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and you go back to like cops having dark twisted sense of humor as, you know, a way to deal with everything else we deal with. And, but again, people don't care, especially when you're taking that and they go to the general public, the general public don't give a shit. They don't care if it's a coping mechanism, (laughs) bro. If they, if, I mean, it's, (laughs) uh, you know, I mean, it's actually really funny because, because we, uh, you know, we do a giveaway with agencies for like, you know, like for health and wellness and some of the agencies will ask, well, Hey, can we join our non-sworn with the fitness app? And there's actually like a community, there's actually like a community board where they can talk to other cops and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I'm like, we did it one time and it was a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, because immediately like day three, it was like complaints, like, Oh yeah. Fucking red flag everywhere. And I, so now whenever we talk, I said, look, we can do a separate one for sworn and non-sworn. It's not because we're trying to segregate the two. It's simply because they may not understand humor and it's not like, and it's, it's not like it was bad. It's not like it was like, Oh man, that was, that was, that was dark. It was just, it was just humor that you and I would go, uh, good one. Right. Yeah. But they're like, oh my God, like how dare they're supposed to serve and protect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bitch, we have to. Like <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's just it's just one of those things, man, where it's it's if if you don't know, you don't know. Right. right. I remember when I was in field training, I made a I made a very too soon joke. You know, what what someone would say was a too soon joke. Best. And Best. my my FTO was like, he even he even looked at me and was like, don't say that to anybody outside this car. <laughs> like that was really funny. Don't do it. Uh, which I'll tell you when we get off here. But uh it right. was, you know, and that's when I realized, well, 
I was in FTO when the pulse shooting happened and mm-hmm. that that's not the joke I made, but someone did. And I was like, okay, so this is my clan. Like, this is exactly like, you know, and it's not even, there's no disrespect to anybody that we're making the joke about. Like, it's not, it's no. not nowhere near the, the mindset of when, no. when a dark joke comes out at all. It's just, if you've ever stood next to a mangled human body, you know, it's like, that's a fucked up situation. And you can't, oh yeah. And you can't sit there and be like crying. You know, you have to go to work. You have to do what you have to do. The best way to combat these serious situations is with humor. And typically you're going to grab it. You know, you're not gonna be like, Hey, knock, knock. Who's there? You're going to make a joke out of what's in front of you. Cause that's how you do. And it's not, again, it's not insensitive. It's literally just an automatic defense mechanism to yeah. the people there. To like, the worst of the worst shit that mm, nobody else fucking sees. It right. is violence at its purest form. It's another human or an or an object hitting a human mm-hmm. or vice versa, right? Yeah. And and it's just it's just it's just one of those things, man, where it is a coping mechanism. It is completely normal. But I mean you bro, you think about some of these comedians, dude. Like think mm-hmm. about Dave Chappelle, you think about bro, they say some pretty fucked up shit too, right? Like and everybody thinks it's hilarious. Right. Right? Like and they're and they're on Netflix, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And then what's we his say excuse? something, and it's like, how dare you? How dare you be a human and laugh? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. shit, my bad. Like, I thought shit was pretty funny. Like, you know, again, it is no disrespect. Like, you know, I mean, you know, I I don't want to say I have PTSD. I don't, I don't like to say that, but but like, you know, uh, kids, like you know, dead kids, uh, never really bothered me until I had my own, right. Mm-hmm. right like it never bothered me it was just i had that work switch flipped on did your work did what you had to do turn it off when you get home be normal ish yeah <laughs> right? like, yeah um uh, and then i had my first kid and i was all like it just like i had a, it was bad like, yeah, i had, I had was, to talk to somebody about it yeah there was a long time that i at work did not have any personal photos in iShot. like i didn't like my my screensaver on my phone my wallpaper were nothing no person like I, but then I had got my girlfriend. We things got serious. I put her as my background. Now every time I check my phone, I see her. You know, and it started like changing things. You know, it started blending the two worlds together. And I hate to say, it, but I think that was one of the worst things I did because, you know, I did it as like a you know like ancient you know the the medieval knights they would wear like something of from their betrothed or their yeah. whatever. You know, it's kind of like that, you know, like always keeping her in mind or whatever. But then it's like, shit, she's always on my mind. So when I'm going about to do some hood rat shit, it's like that's where the, the scale starts tipping and everything. And and that was ultimately what made me make the decision. Like, all right, I got to I got to figure out something else to do. Um, just life balance. You know, it, it just no longer yeah. it was no longer balanced for me. It was way too too skewed. Um, and it's, you know, the humor gets you so far and sometimes it's just like, all right, time to time to try something new. You know, it's absolutely hundred percent, man. 100%. So this is, this has been a great conversation, man. I think we talked about a lot. I think we opened up a lot of doors. Uh, if people wanted to check you out, I know you kind of dropped a bunch of different names and pages and everything, but yeah, where do they where do they find your companies and um, contact with you? Obviously, Police Post is probably the I would say the most popular one. Um, uh, and then, um, effective fitness training. It's just effective dot fitness training on Instagram. And then, um, E it's E F 
combatives is the other page on Instagram. That's our combatives. Um, and we basically, we host workshops, um, all over the country. We'll come out to you guys, come out to your agency. Uh, we're in the process of, uh, some of our curriculum is already post-certified in some States. So you can get uh, credit, even college credit, uh, for attending our, our classes. We have four hour, two day, four day instructor classes as well. Uh, Jay Wadsworth is, uh, he's kind of heading that up. And then Obviously, effective fitness is uh, fitness and wellness programming where we do, you know, we obviously have a conglomerate of fitness programs specific for law enforcement, you know, kind of honing in on the mobility side, uh, you know, the tactical drills, the tourniquet, stuff like that, uh, mental capacity drills as well. We also have nutritionists on there as well, rehab programs, physical therapists, you guys can consult. So, uh, yeah, we're still actually starting a new cycle in like a couple of weeks. So, hop on it. It's pretty good, man. Um, We've had over, I want to say like 20,000 members since we started. And then, yeah, about, about 60, 60, 70% of those have been cops. And we're in, let's see, 12 or 13 agencies currently right now. Uh, Seattle Police Department's one of them, believe it or not. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we donated a million dollars last year. We're going to donate another million this year. So be on the lookout if you're, if your agency's interested. Uh, We just, we haven't even released this yet. This will be the first podcast it's released on, but Braintree Police Department, they suffered a loss. Canine Kit was shot and killed in the line of duty. Matt Donahue was, uh, he was, he was also shot in the line of duty. He, he survived, but he was shot. Uh, and one of his partners, Billy, was also shot, shot three times and also survived in a, wow. uh, it was a domestic ambush situation. Basically, the guy ran off into the woods. They went to go chase the guy. The guy was hiding behind a tree with a 40 caliber and just fucking lit him up basically mm-hmm. at like 10 yards. Jesus. Um, and so um, we donated a free year programming in honor of K9 Kids. So we really appreciate it to all our members and all the support we get because we wouldn't be able to do things like this without the support. So, uh, yeah, that's that's so that's where you guys can find me. Uh, and of course, I have my own podcast, the Be Effective Podcast, which I don't take as seriously as you guys do. But I, <laughs> I release episodes like two episodes a month. Okay. Um, mostly, it's just about training. So, and some awesome. bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, man, I really appreciate this time, and uh, everyone, go check them out. We'll uh, Thank you. we'll talk real soon. All right, all right, buddy. Thank you. All right, everyone, listen, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Three little birds sat on my window, and they told me I don't need to worry. Summer came like cinnamon, so sweet. Little girls double dutch on the concrete. What a great episode. What a great interview. Again, Adam police post, go check them out. I'm sure you probably do already because they have more followers than I do. So, uh, go check them out. Absolutely. 
very important stuff, very valuable stuff for everybody in the job, on the job, whatever preposition you want to use. Uh, something I want to talk about real quick, and then we're just going to get out of here. Uh, towards the end of the episode, we talked about how leaving the job means you lost your sense of identity. And, you know, I've been not too coy talking about me leaving the job, and I'm going to be talking about it uh, at at length, finally, on this platform platform, excuse me. Uh, I was on the staff assistant podcast. I was on street cop podcast where I talked about it in depth, but I haven't done it on my own platform. So, um, I'm going to be talking about it in depth ad nauseum, uh, for episode 40, which, so it's coming up, uh, with poorly made police memes. We're going to be talking about stuff like that. So, um, definitely want to check that out, but something that I've been focused on a lot this year because it's been on my mind and uh you know talking to dave from hey my man talking to aaron loman huge fat loser those are the two that really stick out um i think we get jammed up when we when we assume the identity of the job and we assume the job as our identity uh no other profession besides first responders in the military act the way we do. It just doesn't exist. You don't see, uh, to steal from Dave, you don't see, um, forklift life or forklift operators lives matter. You don't see, you know, uh, a punisher with a forklift in it. You don't, you know what I mean? Like only to the point where it's almost like we're tryhards. Like what are, what are we really trying to prove here? Right. Our fathers were never like this. Our mothers were never like this. If they worked the job, they were never like that. This It is only in the past 10 years that this whole sheepdog, thin blue line, uh, Punisher skull mentality has come to the forefront. And I think it's causing more of an issue, right? And and, and I'm speaking from a place of guilt, okay? Um, now, I think I think, and I said this, I don't know where I said it. I don't know if I said this episode or in a previous, but it starts as just a sense of pride, right? You're proud of what you you've done. The police academy is a very difficult in experience. So is field training. So by the time you pass, you're like, man, I'm part of the club. So then you start to pontificate. You start to peacock. You know, you start to show off a little bit, probably more than you should. And I'm sure, you know, the whole buying a big truck and, and things like that, that's that's probably just comes with the territory. Even though, again, I don't think our fathers did it. I don't think our mothers did it. But I think that's a little bit more redeeming than uh, the Thin Blue Line Punishers and, and stuff like that. And I don't think that I necessarily perpetuate this problem. I know I sell a bunch of merchandise with the word goons on it. Um I don't think, I think that's borderline, um, you know, because when people identify as goons, then they're, they're basically like, that's like the, the, um, one step up from being a sheepdog, if, if we're being completely honest here. Um, so, so maybe I do, maybe I do help perpetuate it, but again, there, there's a line between prideful and then there's a, just between losing your sense of identity, um, which I, again, I'm guilty of too. You know, when I was working and I was really doing well, 
I wanted to keep working because I knew I was doing a good job and it was a good sense of place. And then when I left, it uh, it wasn't there, you know? And even sitting in dispatch, I don't feel it anymore. Now I don't feel the need. I don't need that cup filled by the job anymore. Uh, I have sense of fulfillment in other ways. Um, but just interesting things to think about, guys, you know? Uh, like I said, I'm going to talk about this way more, and I've already talked about it before. But... People message me all the time about hating the job, um, about wanting to leave, about having left and feeling guilty for leaving, things like that. What I want to say to that is don't. Don't feel guilty. Um, the The decision you make, you know, people are like, they also message me, hey man, should I get on the job? Uh, I'm thinking about leaving. Should I leave the job? None of those questions can be answered by me, man. First off, if you're thinking of going into it and you're already questioning it, there's your sign. If you're in it and you're questioning it, that's pretty normal. That's pretty normal. But you need to decide to yourself, why are you still there? You know, why why did you sign up and why are you still there? And if it ain't filling your cups, well then, maybe it's time to look elsewhere. And for people that say, man, I can't leave, you can you can. I know it's difficult. I understand it's difficult. And, and if you have a family and kids and people that rely on that paycheck, I understand that it's it's very difficult. I almost didn't leave, even though it was killing me, um, because I didn't want to not have a job. I was fortunate enough that my administrator, uh, my administration put me in a place where I could still work. Um, so I was fortunate. And I think it's if it's coming to the point where you're having these thoughts and you're like, all right, man, can I do this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I think you need to start looking. Indeed, LinkedIn. Put put feelers out there. I've talked to several people that have already done it and they're happy because they have. You know, when you start questioning and doubting, I mean, you got to do what's right for your family. You got to do what's right for you. So... Yeah, the the paycheck's nice from being a cop. Sometimes it's nicer than others, but at what cost? The overtime, the the amount of time you're not home with your loved ones, the the physical pain you you put yourself through. All things to think about, guys. And uh like I said, we're going to talk about that soon. Next week, we're going to be talking to Chief Ed Gephardt from Fishers, Indiana. Uh absolutely one of my favorite guests I've had on. So, uh you guys are really going to get a lot out of it. And I, I truly, and I said this before, every time we get a chief on, but, uh, you're, you're going to want to go and apply to Fisher's PD, uh, as soon as the episode's over. So if that's the case, cool. They're hiring anyway, before we get out of there, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening as always stay tuned for next week's episode. Like I said, sorry, still not feeling too great. And, um, yeah, that's it guys. Take care of each other. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. 10, eight out. <laughs>